can't get the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico yeah, it's time to go to Campeche in Mexico and say a very good uh, good evening to uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, very good evening to you. Good evening, England. Yes, <laughs> and the rest of the UK, and of course the Far East, and Australia. Um, we're all over the place. Oh, wow. Uh, that, yeah, oh, oh interesting. I didn't know that. Yes, yes, it goes out uh, everywhere. Um, I'm not saying people listen in all these places, but it's there if they want it. We're even on Sirius, <laughs> coast to coast. Yeah, I'd serious. assume this is a graveyard shift, but we're prime time in Australia. Prime time in Australia. Well, we're sort of uh, late morning in Australia, I think, but we're um, the breakfast show in parts of Kuala Lumpur, apparently. <laughs> um, so we're very proud of that. Now, let's, let's start with another one of these uh, South American uh, elections that's uh, not as uh, democratic as it might be. This is uh, Nicaragua and uh, the president, uh, Daniel Ortega, uh, poised to win a fourth consecutive term. He is. You're absolutely right. This is not a cliffhanger election where everybody is on tenterhooks uh, over the course of the last few months on your program, uh, Martin. Listeners in Kuala Lumpur will have heard uh, <laughs> about ongoing arrests that have been taking place in, in Managua to the extent that uh, Ortega, um, leading up to this presidential election on which takes place on Sunday, has, arre- has arrested no fewer than seven other presidential opposition candidates um, in and around 40 opposition figures are in some kind of incarceration uh, and five entire parties have been declared illegal by the Supreme Court in, in, in Nicaragua. So basically anybody of, uh, you know, who had any political aspirations, however uh, minimal, is either currently in prison under house arrest or, or in exile as uh, Daniel Ortega it, it continues to fixate and obsessed about continuing to be the long, longer serving uh, ruler in, in, in the Americas. And, and the um, I mean, the scale of abuses of the, the democratic system in, in Nicaragua are, as, as, a, as a friend from Guernsey likes to say, the kind of size that you could drive a bus through. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, he'll be there till January 2027. What does, oh, clearly it's clearly, it's a kind of dictatorship. Yeah, what I mean, does yeah. the, yeah, what does the man on the uh, Managua omnibus reckon to all this? I mean, what are conditions like in Nicaragua? Well, I mean, recently, economically, you know, but as with the rest of the world, and actually this has helped Ortega, uh, over the course of the last two years, the economy's shrunk by about 10%. To some extent, that was based, uh, you know, that, that took place as a result of the demonstrations and the economic shrinkage that took place since 20, uh, 2018 onwards. But also, of course, you know, the pandemic has also struck N- Nicaragua. So to some extent, Ortega and his vice president slash wife, Rosario Murillo, have been hiding behind that and saying that these are global conditions that, that Nicaragua is, you know, is struggling behind. I think the, um, the average man on the Managua omnibus is uh, really thinking that their vote doesn't count too much. And actually, some observers have, have actually said that uh, that actually that's one of the interesting counts or one of the interesting measures of this election on Sunday is not who wins, but what is the turnout and what, you know, what level of percentage vote does actually 
um, does he get? But yeah, the average man or, or woman on the street is basically, you know, sort of stuck there thinking that there's not much that, that can happen. It just all needs to play out in, in much the same way as in a, you know, Nicolas Maduro in, in Venezuela sense and, and context history, whichever side of the political spectrum you are on, history is not going to look kindly on this period in, in Nicaraguan, um, history. And, you know, whether it's a, I, I always think, um, you know, dictatorships never really appear to be dictatorships when people are living through them. It's always when you look back on them. I mean, unless it's a military dictatorship, which is really obvious in terms of boots on the grounds and, you know, um, and weapons and so on. But most, you know, subtle dictatorships are pretty, um, you know, they, they permeate cultures and societies very quietly. And that's very much what, you know, what is taking place in, in Nicaragua at the moment. And, and, it, you know, what can the international community do? I mean, there's talk about sanctions and so on. But again, as we know with, with Venezuela, sanctions are just like more likely to push, uh, Ortega to into the arms of Russia and, and the Chinese and so on. And also, you know, do we have any significant case study in the last generation or two in which, uh, sanctions have actually worked to topple a regime? Not as far as I know. No, absolutely not. Um, COP26 obviously going on in uh, Glasgow and leaders from all over the world and business leaders uh, turning up in their uh, private jets uh, and uh, huge limos to drive them from the airport to the uh, conference and all that, which um, uh, Greta Thunberg has been uh, fairly cynical about, as indeed have uh, lots of people uh, looking at it. But um, there's a lot of talk going on. Um, however, as far as the um, marine life is concerned, there is some action uh, going on uh, amongst uh, at least four Latin American nations. There is some action there, and and we've covered um, on the early on the early breakfast uh, <laughs> Australia talk radio Australia show we've covered in the past about international illegal fishing fleets, uh, you know, uh, sort of hanging off the coast of the Galapagos and waiting to trawl up all animals that are migrating between the the Latin American continent and you know and that massive marine reserve. And so four countries: Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia, and Ecuador. Um, that are the, you know, the latter of which Ecuador is, mm. uh, you know, the owner of, uh, the Galapagos Islands have come together to declare a huge, one of the biggest marine reserves, uh, on earth because, uh, it's a corridor. Those four countries are fundamentally a corridor for the likes of endangered sea turtles, sharks, whales, rays, and, and a variety of others to get across the Galapagos. So they've actually basically joined, uh, forces and policy to say, well, we're actually going to police this entire area and stop massive industrial fishing fleets sitting off, you know, just off the, the shores of these uh, marine protected areas and just harvesting up everything that um, that comes through. So for sure, it's it's a it's an interesting and long-standing series of of discussions and debates, which has led to this international policy making. But isn't it nice to be able to focus on on something you know a little bit mm. positive to come out of COP26? Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, just uh, finally, uh, boxing and uh, the uh, biggest superstar in boxing at the moment, uh, Canelo Alvarez, um, is uh, in action again. He is tomorrow night in Vegas. Uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez, uh, Mexico's fa- uh, favourite sporting son, is mm. back in in Vegas tomorrow night. It's amazing that the, the speed with which he turns around these, these bouts, it really is. And it's not as though he's, you know, he's fighting nobody's every three or four months. He's fighting major, uh, major players and, and major hitters. And this is the first unification ever in, in the super middleweight, uh, category against Caleb Plant, 21-0, uh, who brings the IBF, 
title into into play into uh, into the mix and, and for sure you know all of Mexico will be on tenterhooks watching uh, Saul Canelo shed his silk his famous silk pajamas to step into the ring and um, and take on Caleb Plant really all observers or most observers are saying that you know although Plant is a decent fighter uh, that actually he's uh, he's not experienced anything like this before I mean Canelo Alvarez is 56 1 and 2 and has been fighting really, you know, international profile bouts now for the last 10, 12 years and is on a completely different different level. There's a lot of talk, obviously, always about, you know, the best pound for pound. But to find mm-hmm. anybody at the moment who would who would quibble about the fact that that is uh, the Mexican born from Guadalajara, Saul Canelo Alvarez would be would be a struggle. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But, yeah, it's looks, looking like an ongoing coronation for this most amazing of uh, Mexican sporting superstars. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm sure that was enjoyed by uh, all our fans in Ho Chi Minh City as well, um, because um, Darren, Darren McDougall, regularly uh, gets in touch with us from Ho Chi Minh City, and I think we're going to put him on the uh, quiz a little bit uh, later on in the show. So there you are. Friends all over the world, John. Absolutely. Good morning, Ho Chi Minh. Yes, <laughs> another phrase I wasn't expecting to say. No, tonight. absolutely not. Uh, thank you ever so much, uh, John Bonfilio. There joining us from Campeche in uh, Mexico with all the uh, news from uh, Latin America and.